Welcome to the Post Questionnaire. 35 questions giving us insight into what makes creative people tick. Today we have another um, local um, celebrity, Myra Kelman, who's a painter, an artist, and who also lives actually in the Greenwich Village area of New York City. That's right. And she's a great friend of mine, um, Myra Kelman. Uh, I first got to know her work before I became friends with her in the neighborhood uh, as uh, for her cartoon work for The New Yorker. She has such a recognizable recognizable style, a very kind of charming, whimsical um, visual style, has written countless children's books and books for adults. I believe that she got her start, one of the things that began her career was when she illustrated a children's book uh, with the lead singer of The Talking Heads, David Byrne, called Stay Up Late, um, which was related to The Talking Heads song, a big hit when you and I were uh, young and fancy free, called Stay Up Late. And she's kind of pursued that. I'm sorry, I feel like now that's just let's cut all that because that's not helpful. Um, how do what do we do? Um, but she's been she's been doing uh, collaborative work with so many people. And I think part of her strength is that she's actually kind of gone beyond different genres. So she's an illustrator, she's a painter, she writes books, she makes books, she's performed in opera, she's done stage design, set design. So she's really kind of all over the place in the best possible sense of that word. Yeah, no, she's a, she's a Renaissance woman, and it feels like there's nothing that she can't do, which is uh, incredibly envy-inspiring on the one hand, and on the other hand, it's just always a delight to be around her because she's always thinking about something new, she's always talking about something new. I recently started at her recommendation studying with her Tai Chi instructor here in downtown New York, and she, she explained to me why she had started Tai Chi, which is, you know, I don't want to fall down in the street. I fell down in the street street and hurt my arm recently and I just don't want to fall down in the street again and um, so I love that she's doing Tai Chi and uh, she's gotten me into it and the range of books we'll put them on our website too but it's just amazing she's in everything from the life of Thomas Jefferson to sort of fireboats in the city uh, to sort of just parts of your daily existence so just a huge amount of material um, and incredibly productive incredibly productive and my most favorite recent show of hers a few years ago she recreated first in a gallery downtown and then at the Metropolitan Museum of Art uh, her mother's closet from when she was growing up called Sarah Berman's closet and it was an incredibly moving thing to see this kind of evocative childhood recreation and to have uh, somebody with that kind of outlook on the Proust questionnaire in particular is really lovely. I should add that um, one of the reasons, many reasons I love Myra is that, like me, uh, she's a huge Proust lover. She uh, is a great, great Proust lover. She was in a Proust reading group and um, with a bunch of friends in New York where I guess they just finally finished the whole book maybe last year and I think they'd taken almost 10 years to read the whole thing but she really has an, a great appreciation for uh, for Proust and for great literature so she's fun to talk to for that reason as well. We're excited to have her on the show. Good morning Myra. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Yes Myra, it's nice. I ran into you earlier today on the street. Beautiful fall day in New York and you are a lover of Proust. <laughs> so, very much so. Very much so. I know. We to think- an extreme degree. 
Yeah. An extreme degree. Okay, She's in good, good company. Just, so we'll start you out right away on this uh, questionnaire. Yes. Um, all right. So question number one, Myra, what is your perfect idea of happiness or your idea of perfect happiness? Oh, my God. You know, when I used to say to my mother, I just want to be happy, she would say, what's happiness? So oh right away we were in trouble, you know, with the whole <laughs> idea. But I think uh, my perfect idea of happiness is to be doing something, working, work, you know, like they say work is work is more fun than fun. And so I like to work on something, and I, I you know, I, I'm, my mind is running to cleaning something. So this is kind of a very particular happiness. I think that, uh, I think working and walking are two things that I love, and there are probably other things, like food and music. That, okay, so clearly I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, really, I have no idea. But what working, makes me happy. working no, and walking, I like kind of together. Yeah, yeah. Do they inform each other? Like you just you were told us we that did, you have yes. a long walk three days a week. Yeah. Uh, does that does the walking kind of get you in a working flow state or a cleaning state? The, well, the, well, but the, the walking what walking does is it empties your brain, and I think that the only way to to live life, if you're going to have any ideas at all, is to have an empty brain. And I relish that and admire myself when I have it, <laughs> which is not all the time. So. The walking and the looking and the just kind of letting your brain go free, you know, that's the perfect way to start to do something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau wrote this whole essay toward the end of his life called The The Reveries of a Solitary Walker. And his, and because you're also a Francophone and a great reader, I'll I'll make sure to to send it to you after this. But um, I think that was one of his ideas, that basically thinking can only come productively through getting outside, walking around, not just being cooped up in a right. in a study or a yeah. studio. And, and not, not trying to think. And not trying That's to think. Aristotle started his school, not Plato's Academy, That's called the Peripatetic Academy, ultimately, which is the word peripatetic, comes from that, from for us today. Okay. Walking around. And walking around. was a way of leading to thinking and reflection. All right, I've learned more already in like six minutes. I'm not leaving you too. We're just forever. using two big names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but we're using three <laughs> because we have Aristotle Rousseau and Myra Kalman, right. which I think is I, we can we can all go home now. Um, all right, Myra, on a totally different tack, what is your greatest fear? Death, probably. Okay, that might be a fear that I have. <laughs> let's say, but uh, I think that I, I and 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 probably uh, you know tied to that is the inability to do what I wanted, the inability to work, and the in- inability to, to which which looms also. You mm. think, when will this... Because things are pretty good, actually. Yeah. yeah. And then I think, when when is this going to end? Right, the other so some kind of Yeah, so some kind of uh, fantastic apocalypse of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that I think that's linked to death. That, that seems reasonable. Um, um, Maya, what is the trait you most deplore in yourself? Look at the silence. Yeah. The, that's really the trait I most deplore. You know, I went for a walk. I feel so good about myself. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Good. good. All right, we'll take it, Myra. Yeah, we'll take it. I'm probably later on, I'm going to send you 20 things I despise about myself. Well, but you know, because self-loathing is a constant. So sure. I, I, right. know, I, I, and so I don't even, I don't even single out a trait. It's just like the whole of me is horrible. <laughs> But well, then that, I'm glad that the walking. True, of oh course. no! Yeah. So yes, the walking dispels that, and now I'm like, oh my god, I'm so nice. But right? Does the is the self-loathing? Would you say? Because I think we've had other yeah. uh, interviewees say this to us in in a different way. But is the self-loathing also something that fuels the work? 
or does the self-loathing get in the way of the work? I think both, both. I think both of those can happen. And as you get older, you learn how to handle it. Yeah. You know, that it used to be self-loathing just annihilated things. But, I mean, I'm not easily stopped from working, though I do take spins around, you know, away from the studio. But that sense of maybe going down and kind of feeling wretched, because mm-hmm. then there's a resurrection, and that always feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What is the trade you most deplore in others? Lying. Listening to you, Myra, and just seeing your facial reactions to these questions, I'm thinking that maybe Uli and I need to scramble the order of the original Proust questionnaire, because starting out with happiness is great, but then fear, deplore, deplore uh, is sort of a rough sequence. That's how he did it. But but also, again, he didn't write it. So um, (laughs) Proust got through it at 15, so I think we are good. That's right. You do as a teenager. (laughs) Oh, wait, I think, Uli, you've got another one. (laughs) What living person do you most admire? Oh, my God. Everybody I admire is dead. Oh. Okay. <laughs> no, wait. There are people who I admire, definitely who I admire. Who are still alive? Who are still alive. Though <laughs> They're not. Did all your friends just come to mind, all the people who are with you, actually? I admire my children the most, yeah. I think. What is your greatest extravagance? Not working and and just taking time and using time and wasting time and I wish it was the extravagance was like buying incredible clothing and looking mm. fantastic, but well, that's that's gone. She does listeners so, you know, not at all look fantastic. But, I'm not sure about the clothing but uh, but uh, I think that's my extravagance of taking my time. Mm-hmm. yeah What is your current state of mind right now? Happy as a clam, as I say, for a few more hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. We're lucky we got Great. you now. Yes, um, what do you consider the most overrated virtue? And we think this means kind of overrated by society or maybe overrated by religion or overrated by people you know. But what quality do you think is not as great as we would be told to believe? Uh, success. Hmm. Success in what? sense in this in the societal sense in the being successful in your work making money Hmm. that's a sticky wicket yeah interesting yeah um on what occasion Myra do you lie since lying is one thing you know like in other people yeah I think I probably lie 50 times a day as I think everybody does I think that you couldn't survive without lying from the small things to big things to lying to yourself about things that are obvious to other people so Mm. I lie (laughs) constantly but I don't deplore that no I do (laughs) I go back I I I I wish that it's possible not to lie, but I just don't mm. think it's possible. Mm-hmm. And another thing that my mother said is if everybody said what they were thinking, nobody would be speaking to anybody. Yeah. That's almost Which is interesting. True. Yeah. I mean, what, why? Why do we? Uh, why are we hiding the truth and only speaking, not only, but, you know. Right. Right. Anyway, why so. do we have to exist at this level of kind of convenient or expedient lies? And that's what's so interesting about getting older and just saying, I don't care anymore. Now I'm going to tell you, you know, that, that the cliche of older people just saying whatever they think, mm-hmm. right. whatever, let it be. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, that's kind of fabulous. 
Yeah. You don't have to second guess yourself as much. Yeah, that's right. Have you, How many lies would you say you've already told this morning? You've been up since at least 7.15. I've been up since 6. Okay. So that's an so, extra hour and a yeah, quarter. Yeah, four and a half hours. <clears throat> uh, a, a few. Okay. Do you need to know what they are? I won't tell you. No. All right, in case they involve <laughs> us. We don't even and, know if you're telling us the truth. Yeah, it's one of those right. now yeah the liar's dilemma. dilemma. Exactly. Um, oh, this is you what also. You, this is a strange question. What do you most dislike about your appearance? Oh, my God. Everything. Oh, Are you kidding? We get that answer. Well, Isaac course. was here not long ago, and obviously, similarly. Yeah. Where do I begin? Oh. No, let's, don't get me started. Really? Um, which living person? Gosh, the, reading these today, what for some it? reason, in your happy post-walk <laughs> mode, I'm just struck by how negative these all are. Which living person, Myra, do you do most hate? despise? <laughs> or are they all dead, too? Yeah. Well, you know, we could turn. To, we could look at the president of right. this country and say that's an obvious choice. There you go. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. That's mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the quality you most like in a man? And we've talked about this a bit. This is a very binary set of questions, which is probably in our century no longer the only option. But this is the question that Post answered. What is the quality you most like in a man? Well, can I say two qualities? Sure. Kindness and humor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And intelligence. Mm-hmm. So three. three qualities, right? Yeah. Based on what I know of the men in your life, that seems like you've managed to find that in some some good guys. Um, what is the quality, and this is why we think the question is a little sounds a little bit outdated because it's so gendered. What is the quality you most like in a woman? Independence. Okay. Which words or phrases do you most overuse? I just was working on a project with a woman, and she said, and I said, we have to make a lot of decisions, and I said, the question is. And she said, you say the question is all the time. And I said, I do not. And then, of course, I was listening to myself, and I was saying it every other minute. Right. The question is. Should it be a black curtain or a blue curtain? So I don't know. I, so now I'm self-conscious. But the question is, what, I thought it was a very nice way of collaborating. Right. Yeah. I'm not dictating that it's going to be that color or that thing. I'm, we're discussing it. Did she mean it in that way when she pointed that out to you? I don't know. <laughs> I think I was getting on her nerves. And then you couldn't ask the question. Because she just complained about the questioning. Well, no, and that, Myra, that's so interesting. Before we started recording this morning, you were talking about having this uh, meeting about creativity with uh, with five shrinks. And can you say something again about, because I thought it was so interesting, the, the sort of the distinction between certainty and possibility that they raised? Because it seems like the question is, is related to the latter frame of mind, right? Right, that right. That you're not postulating a truth. Yes, yeah, that you don't have a certain, you know, so they, it's not, it, it isn't, so I had a wonderful meeting with five therapists who I wish were with me all the time, or I could see them every, you know, every day. Uh, five seems like a good number to help you through yeah. the day. But <laughs> they were talking about that the idea that the certainty excludes possibility, that once you have a fixed idea about mm. something, then you're locked in. There's no mm. conversation. There's no moving. And they use the example, you know, if I don't think you like me, then everything that you say and every facial expression that you have confirms my idea that you don't like me, which actually may be true. But but on the other hand, so if you have a more open feeling about things as opposed to such a, a, a you know, a definitive 
uh, it's not about n- being s- not being certain about what you want to do and and exploring that, but there's a flexibility about it and a certain openness. Hmm. So. Yeah. No. So it's the question is in that sense yeah. is a much more productive mm-hmm. phrase, even if it's even if you're using it a lot. Then like the yeah. fact is, yeah. the right. fact is the curtain has to be black. Shutting it down. That's really interesting. Um, Myra, what or who is the greatest love of your life? <laughs> well, the greatest lo- loves of my life are my husband and my children, and now my grandchildren. Yeah. That's with no question. And my mother and my grandpa, my mother. Mm-hmm. How many grandchildren are there now? Two, just yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Uh, when and where were you happiest? Do you have a memory or a moment or point in time? I think of the future. I think of myself in a garden in Chatsworth, and I'm thinking I'm going to be really happy there soon. Real in <laughs> Chatsworth? Chatsworth. Nice. That's my goal. Is Where's that they have artists? They you know they, um, Rachel Feinstein just did a residency there. Are you? Are you or kidding? Some kind of installation there? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I know the. Heir to Chatsworth, okay. if he's listening, the wonderful William Burlington, yeah. who I was a maid for him at Lismore Castle. You know, my stint as a maid. Yes. And I want to go back to Ch- Chatsworth is the, you know, the kind of the golden, golden arc. Yeah. So, so I, what's a nice thing about that for me is yeah. that I'm thinking about the future, the possibility of happiness and how, how palpable that feels. Right. Rather than, there are many, many times I was happy in the past, though I can't... I can't recall any now. My wedding—I <laughs> was really unhappy at my wedding party. Oh, I think that happens a lot, right? I was overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, too many expectations. Too many. Yeah, things. too much. Too much. Too many people. Yeah. Too too big. Too fast. Too something. And you can't talk to anyone, no. even though they're all yeah. there for you. They're all there for you, and then I don't like being the center in that way. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which talent would you most like to have? I feel like I have the talents that I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would. So, you know, maybe I could be a better dancer. Okay. For but these are, that's a great answer, actually. Mm-hmm. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? My height. Oh, do you want to be taller or shorter? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I want to be. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that funny? That's funny because you you know it's plausible. Sure. You know, to me, it's so obvious. Of course, I want to be taller. Okay. Seems like one of those difficult fairy tale questions, though, because you want to specify pretty clearly how tall you want to be. That's true. Or like the genie will seven feet or eight feet, right? Or like two inches. Yeah. You know, and I'm very tall, and I love being my height, but I do know somebody. uh, a teenager who's much taller than I am, and I think it's very hard on him. Yeah, very hard on him. And he and people always say, "Oh," and he constantly has to explain himself to people. Yeah, and it's not they what make he a, wants they to make really a talk reference. about. Right. They, they, they talk about his body all of the time. Yeah, and in, in some way ways, there's a weird, uncomfortable, especially when I think when you're 17 years old. Yeah. So it's so in some ways, like the question should be, you know, <laughs> which, <laughs> what do you want to be? But be precise. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> don't wish for any. My first husband was six six and a half, and apparently giantism officially starts at six seven. Oh. And he, like Uli, and he was very yeah. kind of had a very trim build, but unlike Uli, he had a really disproportionately large head, and it was again one of those things where and really thick hair, and so it was kind of like a really really tall <laughs> lollipop. And he also people would comment on it all the time in a way that we would no longer. 
get away with, I think, you know, commenting on a woman's body, yes. just matter-of-factly. Right. Right. But his biggest trauma from his teenage years was he overheard one of his professors saying about him, yeah, he's tall, but smart. How is he now, by I, the way? I don't, I, luckily for me, I don't see him anymore. <laughs> he's not seeing him as one of my ideas of perfect <laughs> happiness. But um, to the extent that I have any fellow feeling or compassion for him, it probably does revolve around that issue because I grew up also feeling too tall. But somehow he's tall, but smart. Uh, haunts me as a question. People don't say this about me. That I know, or even me. Yeah, and I'm shorter than Uli. But so, Myra, all that just to say, careful what you wish for. Um, What do you consider your greatest achievement? Uh, Having raising sane children, without question. Yeah. I mean, I can I can be happy about my work, of course, but I think it's a whole different story to to have children. A bigger achievement. Definitely. Um, if you were to die and come back as a person or a thing, what would it be? You know that once I saw a therapist, when I was seeing a therapist, my only okay. one, one-to-one, oh, okay. and I said to him, if I die, and he said, excuse me, when you die. Oh. And I was like, oh, my oh. God, that resonated for me. So I'm sorry, when you start the question. <laughs> if you were if, to die. If you were, <laughs> when, when you, you die, die. If you could if come you, back. If you, right. What would I come back what as? What kind of therapist would tell you such a truth? <laughs> That's one of the things we don't want to I know. I should have found a lying therapist. I know. He's, yeah. He's one of the five to the today. Truth, right? Yeah. Who would I want to come back as? Or what? Or what? To Anything. be inanimate or animate. Nothing. Really? I don't want to come back. Hmm. Is that a, an option? Totally. Yeah. It's a, completely an option. Yeah. Yeah. Has anybody ever said they don't want to come back? No. no. That's why everybody that's, else is um, floating around in some manner. And we get a lot I'm of done. we get a lot of nature. I'm done. We get a lot of nature things. Like I'd like to be a tree. We had one who wanted uh, to be the ocean. Yes. Remember that guy? Oh, that's yeah. So wet. <laughs> Nothing seems drier somehow. Um, where and maybe maybe we've already gotten the answer with Chatsworth, but maybe there's more than one answer to this question. Where, Myra, would you most like to live? Definitely Italy, definitely England, definitely Japan. So I'm going to split my living yeah. oh, among some places, and yeah. definitely New York. Mm-hmm. Okay, so four. Yeah. I guess if you came back as nothing, nothing could be in all four of those places. Yeah. Of course. Right, yeah. Let's see, she cheated the, right. the genie. Right. Um, what is your most treasured possession? You know what's really funny? I have a piano, which I, I used to play the piano, and I never played, and it's the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, so nice. I think, what is that? Because then I would say my books, and I have a really large library, and I said, those are my treasured possessions. But somehow the piano, the associations, I think, with being a child and taking lessons and music, how important music is to me. So I'm going to stick with my piano. Yeah. Hmm. What do you don't play right now? Once in a while I, I sit down and I play a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I say, well, good. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> Still have my piano. And is it is it that particular piano is important no, to you? or No. I mean, no. It wasn't your childhood piano. It wasn't my childhood piano. I have a very similar one. I had an upright, you know, a studio somewhere upright. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful and wonderful piano. And it just represented a lot of different things to me. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you regard as the lowest depth of misery? Well, that happens pretty often, but though it's it's hard to gauge, like what is the lowest depth of misery? Not feeling loved. 
Yeah. Yeah, we haven't had that answer either, and it's a it's a really good one. Right. This is another one of those questions that Uli and I go back and forth on, and I probably I want to consult the original French to to see how this was phrased. But yeah. the actual question is, what is your favorite occupation? But Uli and I kind of construe that to mean what would be your favorite occupation if you didn't have the occupation you have now. So feel free to answer the question in either of those directions or right. both. <clears throat> Uh, I have the occupation that I, I have more than I could ever imagine of the occupation that I want. Mm -hmm. And I would like it to continue in a way that's delightful and strange with all of the sadness and the, and the confusion. And I would like to be uh, peripatetic mm -hmm. and I would like to not know things. And so I, I'm think, I think it's all there. Mm -hmm. Great. What is your most marked characteristic? And we, again, we think that means what characteristic of yours do you think is what people see the first or the, the, the most um, right. prominently when they, when they encounter you? Humor. Humor, yeah. What do you most value in your friends? Intelligence. Really? <laughs> no dumb friends. It's <laughs> <laughs> a high bar. Yeah. I think Isaac told us that above all what he didn't want in friends is people who are boring. Right. It's like if you if you're yes. boring me, yeah. you're wasting yeah. my time. Which made Caroline and me of course feel instantly thinking are we up to the level of I know <laughs> we're probably being boring. <laughs> you know, are and we now boring? we're wondering are we, are we are we being intelligent? <laughs> right. No. Exactly. All right, but here's a chance. I think you have to worry. Well, here's a chance for us to to get on um a more positive track again, and, and Myra, knowing something a little bit about some of your literary loves and proclivities, I'm excited to get to ask you this question. Who are your favorite writers? In, not in the particular order, but Nabokov, Proust, Siebold. Oh, Siebold. Oh, really? Yeah. What of, I mean, all of Siebold or particular books of... The Emigrants, yeah. Austerlitz, yeah. probably all of Siebold, all of his mm -hmm. persona, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and then probably there are some that I like more than others, but mm -hmm. a lot of them are based on walking and on finding mm -hmm. yourself, how did I get here? You know, you, he yeah. goes on tangents that are so sublime, you can't even, I, I never figure out and I try to keep track. Yeah. Maybe I fall asleep a few times, I don't <laughs> know, but I can't, <laughs> I can't believe where he's taken us Yeah. and, and uh, the depths of his the absurd world and the sad world and the beautiful world. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. All three writers kind of map the world via the imagination but have these very concrete worlds but there's this kind of strong dimension of that you imagine the world and that way of perceiving the world is what the world is to you. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. the other writers who give you whole worlds. Like, yeah, Balzac or Dickens or Right, exactly. Elliot, Full of so George. many details or you go or something with characters yeah. that are so vivid they kind of seem to live on their own without you even imagining them. But these are very much driven by the power of the imagination. Mm -hmm. And some of the stories seem to be propelled by that more than by plot in a way. Right, plot is the least interesting right. thing to me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I well, do like plot sometimes. I think, yeah, but I, any anybody who loves Proust has to... <laughs> me the plot me. is not the yeah. the, the yeah. thing... Um, uh, and Nabokov, do you have fa favorites from his Speak Memory opus? Oh, is yeah. my favorite That's of really his. It's his memoir, and one of the greatest books, uh, you know, for me mm -hmm. ever. 
and uh, and of course Lolita and Ada. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find Lolita harder to read now in this sort of uh, this 2019? We live through different sort of. Se- it's, I think we live in a different sensibility today. Do I write a book about fascination with a teenage girl right. by an adult man? It was a scandal in a way when it came out. It yeah. was also celebrated as a scandal. Yeah. I'm not sure if today it would be celebrated as a scandal or it would be just a scandal. Right, just a scandal. I don't know. I mean, I thought about that because I read it not that long ago. I reread it not Yeah, long I haven't reread ago. it since all of the Me Too. And, uh, it's such an incredibly beautiful book. Yeah. It's hard, you know. You know, it's it's. I think it's it's a complicated. It's a duality. Yes, it's a problem, and yes, it's a beautiful book. So, you have to kind of navigate that. I remember yeah. vividly one of my rowing mates at the University of California. We were in San Diego in a van, and he could recite the first two paragraphs of Lolita, and he said it's his favorite book. And mm-hmm. I remember this very well and I remember my sister telling me a year later that this is the most obscene book she's read and it shouldn't be read by anybody oh and not it should be banned but it shouldn't be read so I was tw- 21 years old and had two opinions that I actually valued from people who said either someone who probably had not read that many books this guy was not in literary studies and he could recite the first two paragraphs well, <laughs> and my, my sister who read a lot of lines. books and said yeah Lolita <laughs> exactly Life Lolita. Lolita. <laughs> yeah Lolita I mean just the beginning Lolita. Oh, Lolita. Yeah. So, and he said that it was not he was and you know he said these are wretched characters yeah I yeah. don't know interesting it's an interesting question though I think how it would uh, and I wonder whether it's even assigned in schools today yeah, well, I, it's something you would assign to a classroom of students today, and how it would be read. Yeah, this is something Willie and I talk a lot about being professors. the The way that the intellectual and cultural climate has changed just since we've been professors for almost mm. twenty years now. Um, the idea that one has to sort of contextualize or frame yeah. or apologize for the works one is um, is teaching. It's it's a change that I don't think either of us would have anticipated when we started out. But I mean, I would hate a world where people didn't get to read Lolita in yeah. college. I think you're right. I do think though, there were apologies, and then of course the the canon, the reading list was formed, and with other assumptions. I'm just curious whether the assumptions today are the wrong ones or the right ones, and whether Lolita has always been defended on its literary merits, right? Say, oh, we can dismiss the fact that it's sort of objectionable content because it, it's elevated. So that's actually the big question here. And and I think it's actually a really good conversation to have. What yeah. What is art supposed to do? You know, how does it intersect with, you know, life or people? Yeah. Um, and I can see why someone would say, I don't want to read this book. Oh, yeah. And that's the other Absolutely. option to say, is yeah. it a compulsory reading or is it a choice? Yeah. Um, what is your hero... In fiction, or we think Proust wouldn't have been able to answer this in film or TV, uh, uh, imaginary character. Yeah. Oh, that's really funny. Uh, you know, the, and the, again, maybe not the, the <coughs> top in the world, but I think uh, Danny Kay comes to mind, and um, you know, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, yeah. and yeah. the Court Jester, and sure. and there probably there not probably there are a hundred other people that will come to mind in a few minutes, but something about his. Fantastic humor and music, and the way he looked, and the inventiveness of his energy. I just love Danny Kaye. Oh, that's so great. Um, which historical figure do you most identify with? 
Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's interesting to have these questions because you either you yeah. can ponder for a few hours or mm. just come up with yeah, something. Yeah, sure. Right. And the first thing that comes to mind is Abraham Lincoln. That is so I great. I feel a great Why? affinity with him. Yeah. And and even though he had to handle the Civil War, and I don't think I could have handled it. Well, you Probably. don't know until you try. Right, exactly. I, um, Three walks a week, and you right, would have the night yeah, is young. sorted it out. But I just, I, I, from the, from the very, and I've done a lot of writing about him and painting about him for adults and for children, and I, and I think that his humanism is something so extraordinary, and and that um, I think, and his intelligence, and I think, well, I would, I would like to be Abraham Lincoln, and I always thought that I would be married to him, and that hmm. Mary Todd Lincoln. It, it, he wasn't. He would have been happier with me. Yeah, that that was not a super happy marriage, right? Actually, there the 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 opinions are divided. Okay, I think that they may have been very much in love, oh, and good. she was just driven mad by what happened to her. Sure, which the children, yeah. the children and him. Yeah. I mean, my God, yeah. But so, I mean, even the children beforehand. So, and she has a very strange life after the yes. death and the. Financial problems she has and all that—it's kind of—it's quite interesting, actually. Right, and how the son has it, and the son institutionalizes her for a while yeah. so he can get control of the, oh, but to protect her ostensibly. So, yeah. Interesting, yeah. 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 All right, so Abraham Lincoln before the troubles, or even during the troubles. Even during the troubles. But um, what are your heroes in real life? Or who? Didn't we have that question? Do we have that question who are your before? Heroes? Who are your heroes in real life? No, we had. We had uh, whom do you most admire? admire. Ah. Who are your heroes in real But like life? people, you know, like firefighters, oh, <laughs> foreign aid workers, I, right? Marine biologists. You know, I, I basically, um, <clears throat> I, uh, he, <laughs> heroes to me are very much everybody who gets up in the morning and does anything. I think everybody is completely heroic. <laughs> <laughs> Just because the mere act of getting out of yeah, bed and I think doing it's something. A, it's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a miracle. I feel, uh, I wish I felt that way, that it's heroic. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, what are your favorite names? Names of people? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go like. with, I'm going to go with uh, Olive and Esme. Esme is my, they're the, my, the granddaughters. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Those are both pretty. Were either of those names that were somehow in the family before or just? Not at all. They yeah. came from somewhere. They came from the air. They came because. They came from Salinger. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, Esme, yeah. Esme, yeah. Um, at least you don't have one named Squalor. <laughs> uh, um, yes. What is it yet? Um, what is it that you most dislike? Being bored. Being bored. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is your greatest regret? No regrets. Hmm. Already knowing that you're not looking forward to dying, I will nevertheless ask you, how would you like to die? Oh, that's a very Given good that you question. you have to, right? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you it's have inevitable. to. Well, that's what your therapist claimed. Right. I always say to my students, as far as we know. Right. As far as we the know. The question is, yeah. As far right. as we know, we don't know. <laughs> the question, we know. Is, the question is, is, yeah. It's based on what, evidence of other people? Yeah. The question is, if you had to die, how would you like to die? I'm not going to say skiing because that doesn't make any sense, but I would like to die. (laughs) I've always wanted to die skiing. I would like to have a very short illness where I could tell everybody how much I love them, my kids, and and tell them where where the money, where the bank accounts are. Yeah. Oh. 
the gold I, ingots hidden yeah, exactly, in the floorboards. You know, yeah, exactly. And then I will, and then I'll, and just uh, and there'll be music playing. Mm-hmm. I say this for my funeral. Ombra um, Maifu, the handle from Cersei's, I want that played. But maybe that'll be playing while I'm gently dying in a beautiful nightgown. In a garden. A, no. fr- a friend of Near mine. Near the sea. Near the sea. Near the sea. Okay. A friend of mine recently died, um, and she was very old and had been a, a bit sick for a while, but not terribly so. And I was with her the the day before she died, and the last words that uh, she spoke were because her son and another friend were having an argument while she seemed to be lying unconscious about the kind of sheets that she had. She had these beautiful ironed Porto sheets, and this other friend of mine and uh, our, the woman who was dying said, oh, well, you know, she she would have been very happy to have satin sheets. And the son said, no, satin sheets are terrible. And my friend regained consciousness long enough to say, satin sheets are divine. Really? Yeah. Her I'm last surprised. Words. I thought her last words would be, of course I hate satin sheets. Yeah, no. And again, Porto, as far as I know, doesn't yeah. make satin sheets. But I, I, I would imagine they don't. She weighed would, in, though. Yeah. She weighed, she weighed in. in. She contradicted her son. She contradicted her son. Oh, yeah. Take that. gift to her son. Her gift to <laughs> If only we you could all impart that I, to you the... You never knew what I really liked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your motto? Oh, it's really funny because we have a family motto, which is every man for himself. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> which we made up a few years ago as the three of us, as my, you know, my daughter Lulu and my son Alex and I were somewhere... And uh, I, we maybe we're in India and cross the street. It's like you know, you're everybody's on their own. And so after that, we were sitting having some ginger drink and saying, "I think our family motto is every man for himself." And the other one is um, suspect everyone. So of course, <laughs> is that are those two really good mottos? That's and, like that's uh, like the plot line of Casablanca or yeah. something like that. I yeah, think. that's true. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then oh, and yeah. there must be something. Po- there must be another one. Um, po- oh, then there's a wonderful poster that somebody gave me, which is, "Not everything will be okay, but some things will," oh. which puts it in a very mm-hmm. nice syntax. So I'm giving you three. Mm-hmm. That there are probably more. Those are all. Yeah, I like that. It, yeah, in terms of, but I'm just liking the co- the family coat of arms, you know, in with right. the Latin banner above it saying "Every man for himself." Right. <laughs> in Latin or old French or something. Um, okay, this is the one question. This is our last question. And this is the, the one question that Uli and I have felt emboldened to add to the original gospel of the Proust questionnaire. And uh, it's because we'd really like to know from the people who come and talk to us. And, and you were so, so thrilled you could do this for us. We really want to know what you think about this. Who would you most like to see answering the questions to this podcast, to this questionnaire? And ideally, it's a person who's alive, um, because maybe you'll give us an idea for someone else to contact. I mean, Abraham Lincoln, that would, we gather that would be interesting, but we can't get him. We could do a Ouija board session. Yeah, we could try a psychic. But but yeah, people alive today, whom would you most like to hear answering these questions? I think, I I, I don't know the name of the person, but it would be a philosopher, Mm -hmm. and it would be a philosopher of... It would be a Stoic. Oh. A stoic. stoic philosopher. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Well, that's kind of everything. Not everything will be all right, but some things will. A little bit. Right? A Stoic I philosopher. I whether there are Stoic philosophers today. I'm trying to think of the philosophers I know. Uh, well, I mean, the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Maybe the Dalai Lama, right? 
All right. Well, Myra, in your honor, we're going to ask the Dalai Lama to appear. <laughs> thank you again so much for being oh here. Thank we you. loved getting to talk to you. That was yes, great. Thank that you, was Myra, for joining us today.